Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Here we go. You heard it straight out of Vegas. Steve Cofield, RJ Bell. In parts unknown right now. What do you mean unknown? I'm at the house with the flu, baby. But that's not stopping me. Too many fans straight out of Vegas. (laughs) I'm here. A lot of people today, the very spots I did... Yeah. There's been talk, Steve, about Jordan and the Jazz and the flu game. I'm not saying it's that's the case at all, but but here I am. We're glad you're here with us. <laughs> oh, I really appreciate it. This is a safety issue. Absolutely. Listen, last thing I want is the square chair sick tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I am needed. Yes, finally. He admitted. I am needed. <laughs> and Brad Powers is in the wise guy's chair. We're going to get to a slew of the bowl games. Get to a little college basketball later on, coming up on this uh, Friday into a Saturday. And I'd like to start out, you tell me where you want to start. I'd like to start out with the big news at the beginning of the week, because we're going to hit on some NFL, but the beginning of the week with the National Football League, uh, we'll get to the Patriots in a second here, the loss against the Dolphins. But my God, the landscape changed in the NFC. Did it not on the odds boards and in the minds of betters with the Eagles and Carson Wentz going down for the season? Yeah, I think you're right. This is a leading probably the Vegas lead for the week. That's what we try to touch on at the beginning of Friday's show. But I think most listeners are going to be surprised the effect is not greater. The downgrade is not greater for the Eagles. So on a per-game basis for points, we're estimating about four points per game of a downgrade. Now let's create a little context. Josh McCown 38-year-old journeyman from the Jets (laughs) is worth six points. Well, wait a minute. Is Josh McCown better than Carson Wentz? No, but it's relative to the backup. 
And with Nick Foles, you have one of the five best backups in the NFL. We can debate, is he a starter-level guy or not, but certainly an elite backup. And with the Jets, you've got a man named Patty, and that's not good. And we've seen it with the Saints actually favored more than any time in the history of the franchise over the Jets. First time ever the Saints have been favored by more than two touchdowns in any game in their history. And I think, Steve, you're going to be surprised, or at least the listeners that haven't seen the list, about the Super Bowl odds adjustment. It was pretty modest also. Totally modest. Uh, Before we get to the Super Bowl odds, can we discuss Wentz v. Nick Foles in terms of numbers? First of all, your math background is excellent. There are times when you and Fezzik start going into the math stuff, and I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I was pretty decent at math, and I'm still pretty decent at math. When, like, 538, or I found a, another site that had run the numbers, and they had the Eagles at, like, 94% chance to get the number one seed in the NFC, and it's only down to 90% chance now, and then they ran the Super Bowl odds. Like, what actually goes into coming up with those numbers? It's how good a team is. And how difficult is their path to the title? Because you're not betting on how good a team is. You're betting on will they win the title? And what's the two factors? Is the the quality of the team and the difficulty of the path. So I think that analysis is absolutely correct. Is the chance of the Eagles being the number one seed is mighty good. And the chance of the Eagles being at least a bye is really, 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 really good. I don't think that's locked up yet, but it's really good. So here's my question. Who do you think is the best team right now in the NFC? You answer that first, Brad. Uh, I would go with the Vikings at this point. Agreed with that. So what would the line be, let's say, week one or uh, division round or championship round? Let's not even worry about it. It doesn't really matter. If the Minnesota goes into Philadelphia, I'm still going to have to favor the Eagles probably by one and a half to two points, RJ. Yeah, you know, that might be a little. I mean, again, we'll see how they play, right? Because uh, yep. if, if, if Foles has a couple good games, it could be more. And obviously, if he has some bad games, but they slip in the playoffs, it could be less. But I think you're in the range for sure. So if Philly is going to be favored twice, no, pretty much no matter what. If they get the, especially if they get the number one seed, then the even if it's 50-50 each game. So let's say they're not even favored. Is pick them, pick them. They have a twenty five percent chance to make the Super Bowl. So three to one. So to me, and that's what you've seen is a little less than three to one them getting to the Super Bowl. Now, if the Eagles did, here's what you got to understand. That presupposes they play pretty well to end the year and they win two playoff games. So now Foles is being looked at in a different way. And I think in that case, I think, let's say the Patriots, the best team in the AFC right now, by the Vegas perspective, would be about a five-point favorite over the Eagles. So yeah, a clear favorite, but not that much of a favorite. Yeah, I think there's a chance for betters to get and analysts to get duped on this because I also, I don't, I don't think the Eagles' schedule is very tough. So I'm not sure that we're really going to see Foles tested and he could go into the playoffs against one of the real teams and then get unveiled is uh, not very good. No doubt. But if they, if that to make the championship game, he's going to have to beat a pretty good team in the division round. Yeah. And, and obviously to get to Super Bowl, two pretty good teams. So I think that assumption is, oh, once they got to the Super Bowl, they'd be big, big dogs. Yeah, they'd be clear dogs, but not big dogs. Yeah, the current odds, Vikings are plus 225 to win the NFC. 
Eagles right behind him at three to one. Rams at seven. Saints at seven. No one wants to stand up for the Saints as the best team in the NFC. That's another example. Even if you thought they were, what's their path? What's the chance of the Saints getting a bye? Because, I mean, remember, playing three games is so much tougher than playing two. It's not only the extra chance to lose. And listen, who's the worst team that could make it in the NFC? Right? If it ends up being right. Atlanta and Seattle or the Rams, you know, Seattle Rams, let's say, loser, one of the wild cards, and Atlanta the other, wow. Right, and if it's Aaron Rodgers, okay. So there's no easy games in the NFC unless the Cowboys. Not that that's easy, but they're a lesser team, or the Lions. I think are the two teams that would be lesser teams that have a chance, but they're both long shots. And do you guys think the Eagles are going three zero down the stretch here, and not taking a not taking any risk on not getting a buy? They're at Giants, home Raiders, home Cowboys. I'm always going against three and zero because even if they have a like a seventy five percent chance each game. That's the thing that people don't realize. Two 75 percenters in a row is only 49%, right? So it's one of those situations where, uh, you know, I'm not exactly sure. I can't do the math in my head right now with the flu of the three games, what the money line would be, but uh, it's well below four. It's going to be well below 50% just mathematically. Yeah, and I agree with RJ there. And plus, uh, week 17, depending on what happens with the other contenders, they might already have the number one seed locked up at that point. We're going to find out soon when they hit the field with Nick Foles. We're going to see if he can do it. And uh, we may find out that Carson Wentz was the lead dog for the MVP. Oddly enough, he's actually been pulled off the board because, I guess, the injury. Is that the way it works? Just looking at uh, MVP odds? Is that you guys right? Know that offhand? Yeah, well, that- one, of the, one of the boards I was looking at, he was... He was not in the mix. Brady's now minus 500. I would actually argue if the Eagles went one and two, I'd have to give my MVP vote to Carson Wentz. Yeah. That crazy I'll, logic? I think it, it has to do with how well, I mean, let's say New England ends up losing two out of three, which is not impossible, right? right. right? Obviously, they're only a small favorite this week. And, and then if, if Philly somehow does poorly, you know, if both teams go one out of three, New England and Philly, then I yep. think for sure you got to look at it, right? It I, almost kind of accentuates the point of how valuable he was. I'm not a, you know, a future is better on this, but if people are looking for value, because we looked at it for the Heisman throughout the season and it kept switching, the guy I might look at, because the Patriots have a tough game, could lose, uh, the Eagles could fall apart, you never know. Uh, Russell Wilson's actually plus 750, and I, I would argue that he is the true MVP. Now, where do you see Antonio Brown at? I see Brown all the way down to 25 to 1. Okay, that, that sounds that, like you might like that. Well, no, that worries. In a way, that being so low, yeah. you know, that's the catch twenty two. You think, oh, that means there's extra value, but it's also people that know better than me making a pretty strong statement. The one thing interesting about Brown is, if they can beat Brady, then chances are Brown has a pretty big game. So it's kind of like there's a correlation. Brady going down and Brown going up are somewhat correlated. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. So we're doing our Vegas lead. So value of Wentz to Foles, three or four points, doesn't seem that dramatic. Value of the Packers getting Aaron Rodgers back, this one seems super dramatic, right? Uh, What are we talking about here, RJ? So when the season or when the injury initially happened and there was a lot of questions about Hundley, uh, the adjustment was over 10 points, but let's say 10 points, which was the biggest adjustment in NFL history So said for one player. So said another way, Aaron Rodgers 
when he got hurt this year, was the most valuable player in the history of the NFL in the eyes of Vegas. Now, that doesn't mean he's the best player. It means he's the best quarterback relative to his backup, and quarterback is so much more impactful today than it was, let's say, 20 years ago. Right, Montana maybe was the better quarterback. Forget that for a while Steve Young was his backup. And but how important were quarterbacks? Because a guy like Barry Sanders was worth three to four points, the best running back in the league. And obviously the best backs today are one point or so at the most. So it's the weight of the quarterback plus the relative value. Now, with Hunley, even though he started slowly, he has impressed and the consensus was on the dream preview. So we had the bookie. We had the better Steve Fezzik, who's in tomorrow for both hours and NFL specialist. And they pretty much consensus opinion was about a seven point upgrade for Rogers. So Hunley impressed. So relative difference was a little bit less now about a seven point upgrade. And also there's some uncertainty about Rogers being 100 percent, both physically and potentially with rust. So you're telling me this line would be 10 without Rodgers. Does that sound right? Pittsburgh was 14. Right? Against seems a, it, seems a little, it seems a little rich, but yeah, I, got, I guess if he's a seven-point difference, then it's got, well, but, it would have to be Carolina minus 10. Let's think about this. Pittsburgh was 14 against the Packers, yeah. right? And what's the line of Carolina and Pittsburgh on a neutral? I mean, Pittsburgh's not much more than three or four, but I think they're right. three or four. Now, Carolina's improved. You know, obviously there's been changes in the last couple of weeks, which actually segues to an interesting point about the Packers. Rodgers is going to be rested, right? But they're off the Pittsburgh game, which was a war. They lost by three. And two overtime games. And now they're on the road. So this could be a tired team outside of Rodgers. we got six bowl games coming up on Saturday. We'll get into all those games and look at the next week of bowl games coming up here straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Rolling on here straight out of Vegas. The straight out of Vegas family wants to remind you, make sure you give during these holiday season. Love has an army and you can join the fight. Help the Salvation Army fight for those in need all over our community this Christmas by going to foxsportsradio.com and clicking on the red kettle icon to donate or call 1-833-SAL-JOIN. Steve Cofield, RJ Bell, Brad Powers is in the wise guys chair. RJ is quarantined in some deep, dark dungeon on the other side of Las Vegas. You okay? I am fine. I'm going to put all my energy in this next block and just leave it, it leave it on the floor. Damn. All right. Let's do it. We got, well, I mean, we had the benefit of two Saturday games. The uh, NFL has started playing these Saturday games, and uh, eh, maybe the first one is not the most exciting one for the general fan, but the Lions are still alive in the playoff hunt, and the Bears did surprise a lot of people with a monster effort last week. So what do you think, Lions? Favored by five and a half against the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I think that the Bears last week was one of the biggest surprises of the season, quite frankly. I mean, not just winning the game, but dominating. The question is, how much of that was pro-Cincinnati or Cincinnati's failure and how much was pro-Chicago? Colin Cowherd. Now, by the way, Steve, this is unbelievable. It really is. Is Colin, you know, doing his five plays and five picks a week. And then we do a show, um, a, a little standalone, in which my wise guys give him a thumbs up or thumbs down. So this year there's been 40 games that he's gotten a thumbs up on, and literally they're 29 and oh, – I'm sorry, we're 31 and 9 
in those 40 games. 31 and 9. It's almost yeah. hard to imagine. And one of them was, and the podcast comes out tomorrow morning, but one of them was the Bears. And this was a tight call, but he was getting five and a half. It's four and a half at some spots now. Right. I, I think in general, if I just have one data point, which is Trubisky playing well, and multiple data points where he doesn't, I trust the one data or the multiple data points. But since this was the last game and he's a rookie quarterback, you can start thinking, oh, he's trending in the right direction. So I question the Lions' health. I question a lot about the Lions. I don't love it, but I would lean towards the Bears. I guess I'm sort of uh, surprised. And one of the things we factor in is, you know, fight. We do this especially in college football, but down the stretch in the season, uh, you know, with these National Football League coaches who may be on the way out. The Bears seem to still be fighting for John Fox. It, except it wasn't like that until last week. Right. I mean, <laughs> keep I, losing as a favorite. Not that, not that they're a favorite very often, but even those spots when they were favorites, they came up flat. I felt like the Bears were playing as poorly as any team in the NFL entering that Bengals game last week. So this is really a lot of faith in their stats are better than their record, but they were last year too. And it feels like Trubisky be, I think there's some kind of a Jimmy G factor here. Now he doesn't have, you know, one of the things we'll be talking about with Fezzik tomorrow is his preoccupation with Jimmy G's jawline. Uh, I know some say he's a handsome quarterback. I mean, I can objectively <laughs> look and say, yeah, he's a you know, good looking guy, but Fezzik just glows when he talks about Jimmy G. So I don't know if Trubisky gets that kind of love, but you know, when you do have a, a quarterback that could be your franchise quarterback start to play well, it does tend to excite a young team. The other Saturday game is Chargers minus one at the Chiefs, which, I mean, come on. The four, this is why the NFL is awesome. Four weeks into the season, if you told someone, hey, the Chargers are going to be favored when they go see the Chiefs uh, late in the season. You've been laughed out of the room, and now the, the season has just been a disaster for the Chiefs, uh, just inconsistent, not great on defense. The offense has taken steps backwards. So what do you think of this one? Chargers minus one at the Chiefs. I think this is probably one of my two or three biggest bets of the NFL season. And let's caveat oh. it. Yeah, let's caveat it first. My best bets, anyone's best bets, are going to lose 40-plus percent of the time, right? So... There's no locks, no short things. We're trying to grind it out. But I'm going to make a big, big bet on this baby, and it is on the Kansas City side. So here's why. Kansas City started the year. Their defense wasn't any good. Their offense was mighty good. They started 5-0. and Then their defense stayed bad, and their offense got stopped starting in the Pittsburgh game with a cover two variation, the X's and O's guys have talked about this, and every other team was using it. Now, two games ago, after a bunch of struggling, Andy Reid gave up the play calling. In those two games, KC has a top 10 offense again. And if you look over the last four or five games, their defense is better than it was the first five games. I could make the case right now, Kansas City, if we trust the last two games. Now, two games isn't enough for me to trust fully, but when you fundamentally change something like who's calling the plays and then the results are different for two games, you believe that more than if it's just random two games. So I have fairly high confidence in the Kansas City offense. And if I'm correct about that, this line literally should be Kansas City three and a half or four. You very rarely are going to get, let's say, five points of value on an NFL line. I'm not, I'm not certain it should be four. So let's say it should be two and a half 
with some extra juice. Well, we're getting plus one. That's the value. Love the Chiefs. It is important. It goes without saying, but I'm going to say it goes without saying anyway. You do have to grade the competition the Chargers have beat in this four-game win streak. Correct? They beat the Bills with, a, what do you call it, the Peterman what? The Peterman incident. The Peterman, that's what it was. It wasn't it's, <laughs> it's something that, that perhaps criminal charges should have been filed. You know, then they get the Cowboys down in the dumps with uh, Zeke Elliott out. Then the Browns, the Browns are the Browns. And then they get the Redskins, who are just out of gas at this point in the season. So congrats on winning the four games. And, yeah, I like the Chargers. I like Phillip Rivers. I'd like to see Anthony Lynn do well. Uh, but the four wins, you know, I mean, I, not a grain of salt situation here, but you got to be careful. No, you get – listen, you can always lose in the NFL, right? Don't worry yeah. about that. Uh, look at the way this, the Steelers played against the Bears, right? They lost. We could easily, they could have won that game. We could have said, oh, the Bears, you know, what's the big deal? But they lost. So give them credit. But I do think not only do you say Zeke was out, Sean Lee was out, and their left tackle, Smith, was out. I mean, that was a uh, a devastated Cowboy team in, in, in that Chargers game, especially. The big game of the week. You're Steelers, and you often bet against them. You're often anti-Tomlin in some of these Big spots. What do you think of this one? First of all, the line. Uh, there's a lot of people out there who are very fired up that the Patriots are going into Pittsburgh and they are laying three at the Steelers. Now, this is a little complex, so let's take a minute with it. Is My database goes back 30 years. In 30 years, teams that are better than 800% winning percentage, and that's Pittsburgh right now, in the second half of the season. Now, why the second half of the season? Because you want to know you have a thousand win percent doesn't right. really mean all that much, right? So you got to get some games for the winning percentage to really matter. And then the only other caveat is we eliminate week 17 because there's so many of the best teams sitting their starters. In the last 30 years, there's been three teams with better than an 800 winning percentage, home dog of three or more. So <laughs> and this is historic. Now, there's only yeah. two ways it could make sense. One is Pittsburgh's a historically bad, good record team. And I think they're probably a little below average for their record. If you take all the 11-2 and teams, probably a little below average. But they're not historically bad for their record. Not even close. Or New England is a historically good team in general and should be a monster favorite against everybody, anybody. doesn't matter where. Well, we know that's not the case. The only case you can make for this line is Tom Brady and Belichick's history about uh, against Tomlin. And, and it's eye-popping. And I tweeted this out at RJ in Vegas. And it, it's gotten over 200 retweets because people are like, wow, Brady against Tomlin coach dealer teams, 22 touchdowns, zero interceptions. So if we believe there's something schematically that's just going to continue on, then none of this other stuff really matters in a way. And you can't bet Pittsburgh. But if you think Pittsburgh can, <coughs> excuse me, do something against the, the, the Pats and, and their schemes, then their value is certainly on Pittsburgh. And you didn't see anything to worry about on the Patriots side, or did you, against the Dolphins? Was that just a look-ahead spot and, hey, we're, if we win this game coming up, we're in the driver's seat, so uh, let's take the foot off the gas pedal against Miami? Well, they never do that, right? Right. So, to me, uh, you got to respect the fact that Miami's won now – four out of five games hosting 
New England. So that's a tough spot for whatever reason for Brady. But also, and this is what people aren't talking enough about, New England has played, this will be their fifth road game in six weeks. Now, this only happens a few times a decade that a team will play five out of six on the road. The reason being, it's a London game that they're designated the home team, or it's a Mexico City game. So if you actually look at the schedule, it doesn't look like it. But remember, that game against the Raiders was on the road. So this could be the worst spot I've seen an NFL team be in when it comes to rest. Playing five out of six on the road. The last game being a long trip to Miami, playing in the heat, the relative heat. And then a long trip back, and that being a Monday night game. And now you have one less day to prepare, and now you're on the road again. Horrible spot for the Pats. How do you react to your guy, uh, Jason McIntyre, joining several others saying, "Mm, Brady, maybe the downslide's happening. Uh, He was saying that uh, Brady's been missing a day of practice or on the injury report, aching for, you know, three weeks and said, looked at tonight. He's 40. The end comes quickly. You know what we say? There's hot takes. And then there's backing with cold, hard cash. So if you think, and I, lo- I love Jason. <laughs> right? Do it. Yeah, I love getting, Jason. Getting three with the Steelers. Is, is, he should make a big old bet on the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> Any final words of wisdom? Uh, don't. Brady, Fezzik's been talking about Brady being old for about three years. He finally quit middle of last year. So he's going to get old at some point, right? Father time is undefeated, but I'm going to have to see it for more than a couple games before I believe it. All right, RJ, feel better. Feel better, please. And we've got two hours tomorrow, so I assume you're going to be in tomorrow. We're going to roll into the college bowl games here with Brad Powers, but with the latest, it's Kevin Figgers. All right, gentlemen, full slate of NBA action on Friday night, headlined by a triple overtime thriller in Philadelphia where the Thunder outlasted the Sixers 119 to 117 as the reigning MVP of the league, Russell Westbrook, showed out 27 points, 18 rebounds, and 15 assists. Helped out by Paul George and Carmelo Anthony, they each had 24 points as the Thunder notched their third straight road victory. Joel Embiid had 34 points, 8 rebounds, and 6 dimes in the loss for Philadelphia. Elsewhere, the Rockets picked up their 12th 12th straight victory in a 124-109 win over the Spurs as Chris Paul had 28 points, 8 assists, and 7 steals. James Harden, 28 points, 7 boards, and 6 assists. Kawhi Leonard, 12 points in just 17 minutes of action as he works himself back into the lineup. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Elsewhere in the NBA on Friday, the Jazz beat the Celtics in Boston 107-95 as Ricky Rubio had 22 points and 5 assists. Rookie Donovan Mitchell had 17 points, 9 assists as Utah snapped a 4-game losing streak. Kyrie Irving had 33 points and 6 assists in the loss for Boston. Boston has now lost 3 of their last 5. Wins in the NBA as well for the Wizards and Blazers. Toronto with a 120-87 victory over the Nets as DeMar DeRozan shot 14 of 19 from the field on his way to scoring 31 points for the Raptors. Wizards with a 100-91 victory over the Clippers as Bradley Beal had 20 points and 11 rebounds. NHL victories for the Canucks, Red Wings, and Rangers. Gentlemen, thank you. So, Brad, I want your take on Steelers and Patriots before we get to this college football slate. We got... A slew of bowl games this Saturday. You know, again, grading the schedules are important and or is important. And I don't love the Patriots schedule throughout the season because I actually think they've, you know, they always have a break having to play the AFC East. But man, the Steelers, when you look back, you know, you get all geeked up over 11 and 2. And then 
you know, annoyed. Some people are fired up because they're getting three. They, you know, they think they should be favored against the Patriots. But you look at what they've done, especially the last three weeks. Ravens, again, they need Boswell to come back. And that's a case where, to me, that's a, a Big Ben versus Flacco thing. When it matters, Big Ben's going to get done. Flacco did not. And there were other issues. They barely get by the Bengals, who then the next week just completely quit in the game against the Bears. And they almost lost to the Packers with Brett Hundley, and he rolled up and down the field with them. You talk about the Patriots' energy level, fifth road game in six weeks. What is the Pittsburgh energy level? I know it's a bit the biggest game in the regular season, but that's three straight primetime games that they're coming off, all going down to the wire, all needed, you know, come from behind type of victories in the final seconds for them to pull them off. You know, it's not necessarily, in my opinion, the greatest spot for the Steelers. So let's get into the bowl season. We got the bowl games kicking off. Today, Saturday, if you're on the West Coast, till Friday as we go Friday into a Saturday. We got Las Vegas Bowl, Oregon against Boise. Big number here with Oregon, and it's a it's an interesting game to break down because I know you and Fezzik were saying, hey, look ahead, Oregon's bowl game, man. This guy, Justin Herbert, the quarterback's freaking awesome. Uh, their numbers are deceiving. So what? They finished 7-5. and five. When he played, they were a top 20, top 25 team. Is this number correct, especially considering the fact that you guys, I don't think, expected when you were doing the Look forward, handicap that Willie Taggart will be gone. Yeah, we talked about Aaron Rodgers being the most valuable player, at least in, in current modern NFL history, as compared to his team. I would say the most valuable player in college football, not necessarily the best player. I get Baker Mayfield winning the Heisman Trophy would be Justin Herbert because we can quantify what he means to the team when he plays. They're six and one straight up. They average fifty-two points per game on offense. The Ducks do when he's not in the lineup. Justin Herbert. The Ducks were one and four straight up and against the spread on offense. They only averaged 15 points per game, 52 points per game with them, 15 points per game without them. I don't know if you you can really quantify that enough. This is a quarterback that could be worth double digits to his team. If that's the case, then I think this line looks a little bit short here against the Broncos. Should we mention when you're betting this? Um, you, I, do you think people around the country will see six and a halfs? Because oh. there are six and a halfs here. In Vegas, but the game's in Vegas, and Boise State, I assume, has a bigger fan base coming into town, so that could be Boise money. So I wonder if there's going to be six and a halfs out there or just mostly sevens. Yeah, I think you're going to see some six and a halfs. And here's the other overreaction uh, that's cheapening up the number here if you want to back Oregon. Royce Freeman, the all-time leading rusher (laughs) in Oregon history, is going to skip this game, and this is becoming now a really new phenomenon where we're going to see probably five, six, seven, eight, maybe more players sit out their bowl games that's seemed to be worth a half a point or a point. He's not worth that much, in my opinion. This is a plug-and-play type of offense. His backup, Benoit, has 10 rushing touchdowns, averages over 7 yards per carry, has more than 500 yards. I don't think that they really miss Freeman as much as what the market's accounting for right now. 1,475 yards on the season, right, for Freeman? Yeah, 1,475. More, almost 6,000 yards career in, in his entire career. A very... Um, for a guy that's the all-time leading rusher uh, on a pretty name-brand school, guy really never in his entire career got any fanfare. I feel like, I feel like last year we knew about McCaffrey and Fournette earlier. We find out about the arguably the best offensive. Well, Herbert's probably the best offensive player, but we find out about the running back being out a day and a half before the game. By the way, little-known fact around the country: the left tackle very easily could have sat out, but he's a Vegas guy and he's actually going to wear a fifty-eight jersey to honor the fifty-eight people who were. Uh, shot on uh, one October, so he could have sat out as well, but he felt you know obligations locally to play in the game. Yeah, well, you talked about you know being late in the process. Absolutely. Now, Florida State, we have an example. Derwin James announced immediately he's going right. to sit out the bowl game. 
But there's some other guys that are starting to get question marks. Josh Rosen, quarterback UCLA. There's rumors out there that he might sit out the bowl game. Sam Darnold, although I think it would be a huge mistake to sit out a bowl game against Ohio State in his final opportunity in college. But there's also talks that he might even sit. So what do you do as a better in those cases? Like in Rosen, do you... Do you prospect that? Do you look ahead and you're like, hey, you know what? I'll cover it on the way back, but I got to get some, I have some value right now if Rosen is going to be out. So I'm going to roll the dice gambling on the fact that he's out. Well, you're going to play the, I think it's a lot more likely the Rosen to sit out because he's already been banged up. He's missed a game late in the season. Sam Darnold hasn't been banged up and it's a higher profile game. I'll be honest. I have taken the rubber band off and played against UCLA with Kansas State, their opponent minus two and a half, because he's out. That line's crossing right through that key three number. I think there's some value on the Wildcats projecting forward. We got a pros versus Joe's spot. Also a Saturday game, New Mexico Bowl. Marshall and Colorado State. Colorado State is favored here. Where are the pros and the Joes? Well, you look at the split tickets, and you can always go to the Game Center at pregame.com to, to find out all the splits. It's the only place in the entire world for free where you can actually get the cash splits. On these games, and right now, about 50% of the tickets are actually 50% of the cash is on the game, but 65% of the tickets are on Colorado State. So, with the money equal, despite the fact that 65% of the tickets are on Colorado State, that tells you that the pros are on the underdog, Marshall in this case, and the lines dropped in accordance with that. Colorado State just a few days ago, a five and a half point favorite, line dropping to four. I disagree. I'm with the I'm with the Joes here, uh, Steve. And, and the reason being is I think there's some value with Colorado State. I am buying them low. This is a team that failed to cover the spread in each of their last six games. And I also like the familiarity that they have with this venue. They just played here earlier this year. Marshall making a huge long trip. Very unique. Never played in this stadium. I, I'm going to play against the line move, and I think there's now extra value playing on Colorado State minus the points. I like the Rams. We got some sharp money games. Sharp money game number one, also a Saturday game, the Cure Bowl. <laughs> Georgia State taking on Western Kentucky, and I guess looks like everyone is on the side of Western Kentucky, right? Yeah, and here's the thing. only Probably only Sharps and Pros are betting a Cure Bowl between these two teams. <laughs> yeah. So all the money's come in on Western Kentucky, so you get agreement from not only the Joes but the pros, and that's a big reason why the lines went from 4.5 up to 6.5, and and there's some 7s popping in the market. Reason being is Western Kentucky was a team with a first-year coach that kind of were very slow off the gates. This is a a program that was off back-to-back 11-win seasons, conference champs. They were terrible at the start of the season. Offense started getting going late. They had the best player on the field in their quarterback, Mike White. I agree with the line move. Slight leans towards Western Kentucky, although I'll say this. If the sevens are out there across the entire market, I'm starting to get talked into Georgia State because what just happened, their best overall playmaker, a wide receiver by the name of Penny Hart, went from questionable to probable and will play here. So there might be a little bit of value on Georgia State if the line continues to climb. We'll get back to a couple of Saturday games, but we look ahead on the next Sharp Money game. That's to this Thursday, the 21st, the Gasparilla Bowl, Florida International taking on Temple, and the Sharps are on the Owls? They are, and don't, it's just not the Gasparilla Bowl. It's the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. Right? Okay. That, that gets, I had to uh, give them I, their free pop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think it, it's the bowl, bowl name of the year. I'm sure they it's won't be. It's pretty good. Yes. Uh, Temple is the preferred choice as far as the Sharp markets go, despite the fact that you, know, you look at the, the betting tickets, uh, pretty much even, but 80% of the cash on Temple here, the line's climbed up. I will say Steve Fezzik is also on the Temple side. I'm against it again. Here's another one where I'm against the line move. I think the coaching experience 
Huge advantage for FIU. Butch, J- Butch Davis, that the new head coach, did a tremendous job for them getting them in a bowl game. Six and two in bowl games. Jeff Collins' first bowl game. If you can find that extra half point out there, the hook, plus seven and a half. I like FIU playing close to home. So we talk about fading the public consistently. We're not doing it in every spot, though. We're not doing it in every spot. Uh, you got your public pounder here where Troy is taking on North Texas. That's the New Orleans Bowl. That, again, is a Saturday game. The line has jumped massively, and it seems like everyone is on Troy. Yeah, more than 80% of both the tickets and the cash on Troy line has climbed up. Although I'll say this in recent news, and this is after we did the Dream Podcast where we went through all these 10 bowl games early. What's happened is Troy is going to be missing their three starting wide receivers. Their top three wide receivers are out. Market didn't account for that at all. In fact, the line actually climbed after that news. With cluster injuries, I would say I devalued Troy about a point. So after originally leaning with Troy... With those cluster injuries, now I'm on the other side. I'm leaning with North Texas plus the points. Straight out of Vegas, right here in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Uh, Misleading stats game of the week. Why is it misleading? We got the Camellia Bowl. These bowl games. Uh, (laughs) Saturday, again, uh, Middle Tennessee State taking on Arkansas State. What was misleading? Well, misleading is the stats for Middle Tennessee, and here's where there's some value created from those misleading stats. Their quarterback, Brent Stock, still missed six games this year. Without him, their offense averaged 19.5 points per game. He comes back the last four games, immediate improvement, significant improvement from the offense. Their offense in the last four games averaged 36 points per game. What happens this time of year, though, when you're evaluating and you're putting out a total on a particular game is you're looking at full-season stats, and I don't think that's being appropriately priced in the marketplace. Plus, in addition to that, Arkansas stayed off a very misleading game. They have over 600 yards of offense, only have 20-some points against Troy. I love the over. It's my favorite totals play of tomorrow's as far as the five bowl games. More bowl picks and more bowl decisions. Can you imagine playing for a team like Wyoming, potentially being a top-10 pick, and now you have to make a decision, am I going to play in my bowl game? We'll hit that. We'll hit best bets. We'll hit some college basketball. Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas. Rolling on. Steve Cofield, RJ Bell with, uh, I don't know what he's got. He's got, there are a lot of tissues around. I'm yeah, afraid. He was nice. He did uh, part of the show from Parts Unknown. Brad Powers is in the Wise Guys chair. Reminder, give to the Salvation Army. Love has an army and you can join their fight. Help Salvation Army fight for those in need all over the country this Christmas by going to foxworksradio.com and clicking the red kettle icon to donate or call, get the information, donate at one eight three three sal join So we got your best bet coming up. We've got a couple of bowl games to hit, some college basketball. You were just going off on, because we're only looking at the bowl games out to next week, right, before we come back on next Friday. So Arizona State still has another game. Arizona, we talk about what's actionable, right? Can... Anyone properly handicap what Herm Edwards is going to be like as a coach at Arizona State? I think it's going to be a disaster. We just found out at the end of the week that the OC and the DC are not going to stay around long term. And the plan by Ray Anderson, the AD, was, well, he's going to be a CEO. Everyone's staying. And then everyone underneath Herm Edwards is like, no, we're not. This is not going to work. It's not. Number one, he has hardly any college experience whatsoever. Hasn't coached in the college level since the late 80s. He's been out of coaching for nearly a decade. I guess he's a name brand because he's been on ESPN for the last eight, nine years. But 
I college recruiting landscape totally different compared to where he was used to in the late eighties. I didn't think he was that great of an NFL coach to begin with. And I went off because I I don't get Todd Graham getting fired. Their season win total was five, Steve. They win seven games. I mean, they beat <laughs> a- Oregon at all. Just like the committee, the, the uh, college football playoff committee, ADs don't look at Vegas numbers? Well, I mean, <laughs> what was the expectations? This is a guy that uh, has a couple of division titles. Uh, they, they won a double-digit wins. They had a couple of down years. I thought they were a massively upgraded, improved team this year, and he's gone. Maybe it's karma for Todd Graham for leaving Rice early in the dust, Tulsa early, one year at Pittsburgh. Maybe it's karma, but I don't. It, he was not justifiably high. So enough. next year, if they have a number again of like five or six, you'd, under, you'd, yeah, under, you'd, you'd look to go under. Yes. All right, let's get through these uh, bowl games, taking you through uh, the late part of next week, Tuesday game. This is the biggest spread in bowl history. Florida Atlantic has taken on Akron. Yeah, the FAU, and my records go back to 1976. The, the, the only other time I could find a 20-point spread was in 1976. It was the Fiesta Bowl between Oklahoma and Wyoming. Wyoming played in a Fiesta Bowl. 22.5-point spread for FAU here. It makes sense because they're at home, so that's a unique thing. They're getting three points of that, and then you look at their run here. I mean, they've won their last nine games, covered seven of them. Average margin of victory is by 22 points per game. Akron's a below-average team, and Kiffin's the type of coach that is not afraid to run it up. But with that being said, I love the fight that I saw with Akron at the end of the MAC championship game. They're down 38 to nothing. You ain't, you don't have much to play for. Well, they played for their backers because they got a backdoor cover. I think that's in play here. I lean with the zips plus the points. Let's go with your best bet. Brad Power's best bet is a Friday game. And again, we'll be on Friday after some of these games are over. The Bahamas Bowl. We've got UAB and Ohio. Yeah, I think UAB's been totally mispriced in the marketplace all year, and they still don't have a handle on this team. Season win total is two and a half. They win eight games. They pull five outright upsets. And I think they're still mispriced here. I think they... As far as a motivation aspect, there's no more motivated team in bowl season than this one. A team that didn't even have a program in the last two years. Now they're playing in the Bahamas. Ohio, I question their motivation here. They were thinking MAC title two games ago. Give me the Blazers, maybe even the better team here, plus seven and a half, and I'd sprinkle a little bit of money line as well. Rapid fire. Josh Allen going to play or not, and then how the hell do you play on either side, Wyoming or Central Michigan, in the Friday Potato Bowl? I think he's overrated regardless whether he plays or not. I'm going to be on the Central Michigan side of things. Shane Morris is the best quarterback in this matchup, even if Allen plays. Really? 14 touchdowns, two picks, his last five games, all wins and covers for the Chips. Give me the Chippewas (laughs) here. (laughs) I'm buying into the mystique and legend of NFL draft uh, prospect Josh Allen. Jonas Knox is on the way. Make sure you check us out on the web at pregame.com, at Brad Powers 7, at pregame, and at RJ in Vegas. Jonas on the way. We'll see you tomorrow. Straight out of Vegas! At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.